Ten fans, welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site as well at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, April 20th, 2020, and this weekend was a fairly good weekend for the Big Ten as multiple schools added recruits. Unfortunately, there was a little bit of sad notes going on this weekend because if college football hadn't been put on a halt many teams would have had their spring games this weekend we wouldn't be talking about recruiting we'd be talking about what's going on on the field but unfortunately for everyone due to the COVID-19 outbreak and the fact that sports pretty much hit a screeching halt we're looking at just giving you that kind of information so we'll start off on the football side where that was the majority of the action this weekend we will begin with Minnesota adding a commitment from Nebraska defensive back Avante Dickerson. And the reason why this one is big is because, first of all, Minnesota going into Nebraska's backyard, getting a player that many people believe that was a shoe-in to go and play for the Cornhuskers and Scott Frost. Well, that wasn't the case. Is P.J. Fleck went in there and grabbed their first top 50 recruit ever interesting how that is well let's put it this way he's not a top 50 recruit on all recruiting services right now as dickerson however when you look at that offer list that tells me that he is a damn good player you're looking at georgia lsu ohio state iowa indiana penn state clearly nebraska yeah all right you guys have a good one in dickerson because you're look, just look at the offer list. Georgia, the reigning champions, LSU. You're looking at two of the best teams in the SEC. You're looking at the best team in the Big Ten in Ohio State. The second best team in the Big Ten in Penn State. Yeah, when Minnesota is winning those kind of recruiting battles, you know that it's a damn big time win for them. And not only did they get a commitment from Dickerson this weekend, they flipped Ohio linebacker Devon Williams from Kentucky previously had committed to the Wildcats and now he is in on the Minnesota class at 6'1", 215 pounds. He had a solid offer list as well. Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska, Kentucky clearly, and West Virginia. It's not as big of a commitment as Dickerson's is, is Williams, but Williams is still a pretty solid player in his own right. Uh, Dickerson to me is... Right now, he's clearly the crown jewel of the Minnesota class, but there's still time. And I've been on the P.J. Fleck train for a little while. I think he is a great coach. I think he is, I wouldn't say undervalued. I think he is one of the better coaches. He just needs a little bit more time at Minnesota. And I think they're going to get that. And when that happens, and he's building off of what he did last year for the Gophers, a 10-win season, a solid bowl game, hey, they are trending in the right direction. And the key here now is for Minnesota is not just having a good season. It's building on that on the recruiting front. And that's exactly what's going on right now because P.J. Fleck traditionally has been able to take those three stars and make them into four and five stars. Look at Tyler Johnson. Look at Tanner Morgan. You're looking at Rashad Bateman, who was not very highly recruited. He is arguably the best receiver in the Big Ten. Uh, you've got some arguments from Rondell Moore, from Purdue, and Chris Olave as well. But 
what Minnesota has done with P.J. Fleck has been very impressive, and there's a reason why he got an extension recently because they want to see Fleck stay for as long as possible because he is one of the up-and-comers, I believe, in the country. Penn State added Connecticut defensive back Jeffrey Davis this weekend as well. 6'1", 175 pounds. He had offers from Michigan, Syracuse, Tennessee, Wake Forest, Purdue, Rutgers. Solid addition for Penn State. Uh, I think that personally, they probably could have waited a little bit on this one. Solid offer list, but again, you're not talking about like the who's who's like the Dickerson commitment for Minnesota. You're talking about some solid offers. Uh, Michigan has had a lot of success recently uh, within the last two weeks in that area. Actually, they had some good success again in it this weekend, and I'll get to that in just a moment. But I think for what James Franklin and Penn State have been doing recently on the recruiting trail, I think this is a commitment that they could have waited on just a little bit. Maybe they value Davis higher than others. Again, with the coronavirus going on right now, it's pretty much put an end to a lot of the summer activities where players would have gotten better. Your seven-on-seven tournaments, probably not going to happen this year for high school students. Uh, Who knows about the opening, uh, the Nike Regional, all of those camps. You're talking about the Under Armour camps. There's a ton of camps that all these children, all these kids are missing. They're not children. All these kids, the young adults are missing, and that is halting their development. Yes, some of them are still able to work out at home, but let's be realistic about this situation. There's not a lot of people who have full-out home gyms that are going to have everything that you need in order to train as a football player. So, yeah, they can go out to their parks and, you know, get on some of the footwork drills etc etc out there but you're not getting the specified coaching that a lot of them need to improve and that's usually when a lot of high school players improve they improve during the off season they don't improve a ton during the season because that's more of a grind but in the off season that's really when they get a chance to really get better and continue to develop and unfortunately for a lot of high school students right now that's not happening and back to Davis I think that Davis is a solid commitment, but again, this is one that I probably would have waited just a little bit later to see if you can get a higher rated guy, a guy that's got a little bit more national buzz because hey, Penn State, they recruited well recently. James Franklin has done a fantastic job and they're pretty much pumping out top 10 classes every year and I'm not sure Davis fits the bill adding into a top 10 class. All right, speaking of Michigan, like I said, they've been doing a fantastic job in the Northeast, and they continued that this weekend. On Friday, they got a commitment from Massachusetts defensive end TJ Guy, 6'4", 240 pounds. Guy had offers from Boston College, UConn, Nebraska, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Virginia. I'm very big on this offer list and a solid offer list for guy great size at 64240 but what concerns me right now is the competition level in Massachusetts that's not a feeder high school area and although it's a solid commitment for the Wolverines they're still chasing Penn State they're still chasing Ohio State and to a degree they're still chasing Wisconsin right now And I think that personally that Jim Harbaugh 
might be reaching on a few of these guys. Yeah, they, they've traditionally have had good success in that region, but handpicking a guy here and there, not going back to the well over and over and over again and going out and getting these guys, specifically TJ Guy. But I, I think Guy is a, is a good guy, and again, there might have been a discord with his offer list because of the fact of the camp. So it remains to be seen. There's This year, recruiting... I think it's going to be different. It's clearly has. And players who initially thought that they were going to commit during the spring or the summer are pushing things back because they're not going to get a chance to get on campus and visit the schools again, sit down with the coaches, sit down with the players, establish those relationships. So it's unfortunate with what's going on, but it is what it is. Uh, another news out of Michigan as their player, Ben Van Summeren, he's going to be moving on to his fourth position in as many years. He has been a fullback. He's been a running back. He's been an H-back. Now he's going to move on to the other side of the ball and be a linebacker. So I think that in college you're able to do this. However, what I don't like is, is that every year he's been on campus, he's had a different position. There's no way for him to specialize in doing one thing very well. And for Van Summeren, now he's going on the defensive side. So we'll see if he makes an impact over there. He's been putting on a lot of weight recently, which is a good thing because he's going to need it to play on that side of the ball. But uh, getting an opportunity to just stay at one position, learn it, get better at it, know the nuances of it, I think that really helps out players. And uh, we'll see what Van Summeren ends up doing, how effective he is as a linebacker. But I think it's hurting his development by continually changing him from one spot to another. So we'll see what ends up with this movement. But to me personally, I would have selected a position for him and pretty much, I wouldn't say stick it out for the full four years, but really give him an opportunity to learn it. And then, you know what, if he's out recruited, then potentially move him somewhere else. A former running back, True Wilson is going to finish his career at, Northern Colorado, uh, the former Michigan running back, really didn't have much of an impact. And so clearly uh, Northern Colorado, an FCS school, so he's not playing D1 ball. I think that tells you a lot about his outlook on things. I think he just wanted to play, and rightfully so. I get it. You know, when you're coming down to your career and you realize that you're probably not going to get an opportunity at the next level, why not go somewhere where you can play? So Drew Wilson, former Michigan running back, finished his career at Northern Colorado. A Michigan State added another defensive lineman to their class, as this time they are staying in state once again, as what Mel Tucker has done recently, getting defensive end Tyson Watson, 6'6", 270 pounds, a decent offer list, Indiana, Maryland, Iowa, Kentucky, Minnesota, Tennessee, Iowa State. So I'm, I'm not opposed to this commitment. I think that what and, and I've said this before with what Mel Tucker is trying to do. He's trying to reestablish Michigan State's presence in the state. And I don't think it's the worst idea because the state of Michigan, they usually have uh, two, three, four guys that are nationally type recruits. And then they've got local Midwest recruits as well in there. And I think that Watson was more of a local guy. He's, I mean, look at, you know, if you look at his offer list, it wasn't all the big names, but 
again, who the hell knows? Recruiting is so weird right now this year, and it's going to continue to be weird. But I will tell you this. What Mel Tucker has done, he's been able to go there. He's been able to establish himself inside the state. And I think going forward, that bodes really well for the program. I think that one thing that Mark D'Antonio was missing was was really connecting very well with the high school schools and their athletic directors, their coaches, etc. It's not about that recruit that year necessarily with some of these high school school you know making those relationships with the high schools. It's about a potential recruit that's in eighth grade, that's in sixth grade, that's going to go through that their system and say, hey, you know what, we've got a fantastic relationship with X coach in state. I'm going to try and send you that way. I'm going to get in my player's ear and say, hey, you know what? Michigan State's a good place to go. You can stay in the state. It's far enough away from home, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. And I think that right now, Mel Tucker is doing a really good job of trying to establish that footprint back into the state of Michigan and that Mitten State. And yes, he's going to have to battle Michigan. And I look forward to seeing a recruiting battle between them because at the current moment, they really haven't had any recruiting battles going over after a player from those two schools. So very interested to see what ends up happening there on that side. But again, Mel Tucker adding a solid player in defensive end in-state Tyson Watson. Ohio State just has formed a task force for potentially getting back to on-campus activities. I think this is a really good sign for the Big Ten. I think this is a good sign nationally because Ohio State's one of the bigger schools in the country, and they, uh, I'm talking about their actual, not just their football program or basketball program, I'm talking about the student body. The student body at Ohio State is one of the biggest traditionally in the country, along with Texas and the two largest public schools out there. And for them to start having a little bit of leeway going into what they're doing, I think that's a, a really good sign. Oh, it's something to keep an eye on, clearly, as the NCAA ultimately is going to have the final decision on whether or not schools are going to be back or not. But I think this is a very, very good sign. Northwestern Athletic Director Jim Phillips went on the Paul Feinbaum show on Friday afternoon. He believes that it's not appropriate to play if fans cannot attend. Well, this is a interesting issue here. Uh, I think that... When you look at the landscape of the Big Ten, I think schools want to play. I think schools want to have their players home and home by meeting on campus. And I think that ultimately it's about the student body. If certain schools feel as if it's safe for the students to return, then I think football should start up again. Or any sport in general should start up again. But if that's not the case, if you're looking at the fact that they don't feel safe to have any students on campus, then I don't think football needs to start. Then I think that you're looking at not having football. Professionally, it's different. There's a lot more ramifications to what's going on with the coronavirus. But at the collegiate level, it's all about student safety. And I feel as if for me, if I was a student and... Yes, it would absolutely suck. It would be the worst not to have college football this year. But when you're looking at the the grand scheme of things, the student body and the student safety is is clear and number one on the NCAA. And 
if you're going to bring back students and you're going to bring back everybody, then you can have football. Then you can have other sports. Then you can have the spring sports and the fall sports and all the sports. But if you're not bringing back the student body as a whole and you're just bringing back football players, I think that's really selfish. I don't think that that's going to be the case. Uh, you know, Ohio State's head coach Ryan Day said that uh, football's better, fans are not better than nothing. I get that, but I think that collegiate football fans are part of the whole atmosphere. Uh, NFL football, you know, they're they're big time fans, et cetera, et cetera. But I think they can get away with it not having fans in the stands. Uh, for me, uh, it, it, college football needs the fans in the stands, especially for revenue for those athletic departments as well. So. I kind of agree with Jim Phillips. Uh, I don't think that if the students aren't able to attend the games, then I don't think the student-athletes should be able to play the games. Penn State's doing something uh, solid for their spring sport athletes. They're going to dedicate $700,000 to their spring sports for next year. And this is to augment the fact that they're going to lose a lot of money on the scholarship side if those athletes opt to use that extra year. So I think this is absolutely fantastic, completely different from the, what Wisconsin is doing. Uh, Wisconsin, if you don't remember, uh, Barry Alvarez came out last week and said that they will not uh, allow the spring sport athletes to get that extra year. I just... Uh, this kind of angers me. I don't think this is the right move. If I'm a Wisconsin student athlete, I'm kind of looking at it like this is, uh, I wouldn't say you're cheating me out of the rest of my career, but uh, I just, it's about the students and it's about an opportunity that the universities give the students. And to me, it seems like the Wisconsin students aren't getting that opportunity, but uh, kudos to Penn State and Sandy Barber, they're going to be uh, you know, making sure that their student-athletes will be able to participate that extra year, uh, unlike Barry Alvarez and Wisconsin. All right, let's get into a few mock drafts as the NFL draft will be commencing on Thursday. We'll start off with CBS Sports. Uh, they had uh, multiple mock drafts. as They're the only ones really that I saw this weekend. Uh, Brian DiArdo did a mock. He's got uh, Chase Young going two to Washington, Jeff Okuda, three Tristan Wirfs, seven to Tampa Bay. 25, Itor Grossmatos, 27, AJ Epinesa at 29, Zach Bond going to Tennessee, and 32, rounding out the first round, Cesar Ruiz. Now let's get into Dan Schneider's because Schneider's got it completely different. He added trades in his as well. We'll start off with two at Washington, uh, Chase Young, pretty similar there. Detroit moves down a few spots, still selects Jeff Okuda at five, Washington, uh, to me, I think that this one and Okuda, it, they're, they're very much linked with uh, those two teams. And I think Detroit really likes Jeff Okuda. I think Washington really likes Chase Young. I can't see any of those changing, bearing a trade to move up to grab a quarterback. So uh, clearly Schneider thinks that there's trades going to be made. And Detroit said, hey, you know what? We can move down a little bit and still get Jeff Okuda. I think that's a good pick for us. At eight, Tristan Wirfs would see, be selected by Arizona, Miami at 26 with select Cesar Ruiz. So Schneider doesn't have Itor Gross Matos, AJ Epinesa, Zach Bond in his first round, which is 
clearly different. As Epinesa would get selected 35th by Detroit, Bond goes one spot after him at 36. He's got Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin's running back, going 39 before, right before Itor Grossmatos at 40 to the Texans. K.J. Hamler gets selected by Atlanta at 47. The Pittsburgh Steelers would select Jonah Jackson at 49. Josh Uche, Michigan's linebacker, at 55 to Baltimore. J.K. Dobbins right after him to Miami. Uh, this one's linked very much as well. You've got uh, Tyler Johnson staying in Minnesota, going to the Vikings at 58. Going into the third round, Cincinnati at 65 would select Ohio State linebacker Malik Harrison. Geno Stone, the safety from Iowa, would go 77 to Detroit. 85, I'm sorry, to Denver. 85 would be Detroit, selecting Davon Hamilton, the defensive tackle from Ohio State. Kenny Willekes, the former Big Ten defensive lineman of the year from Michigan State, going to Denver at 95. At 97, the Giants select Tyler Biotish, Wisconsin center. Damon Arnett going 100 to New England, and K.J. Hill going 103rd to Philadelphia. Uh, again, I think that this is pretty solid. Uh, you're seeing some names pop in and some names pop out from these the bigger mock drafts. Very similar to recruiting right now. The NFL, I think the draft is going to be definitely different. Pro days, a, a few happened, but the majority of pro days didn't. You did have the NFL Combine, so therefore some of the players got to meet, but not all the players got to work out, some of them rehabbing from injury, some of them just opted not to because they were going to do it at their pro day. So uh, you've got an interesting draft to me. I think that there are players that are going to be selected higher than you actually think, and when you look at things, it's going to be an interesting one, and uh, I, I'm very much uh, very much interested to see what they do. Uh, the NFL is testing out their virtual draft today, so uh, they're doing a virtual mock draft uh, just so that the teams get an idea of what's going on. So uh, it'll be interesting on Thursday, uh, as I'm sure that there'll be a couple more uh, mock drafts coming out between now and then, and uh, you know, final mocks, and we'll see where some of these Big Ten stars are projected to move on to. All right, moving on to the basketball side of things, we'll start off with a commitment from. Illinois going into Indiana, getting shooting guard Luke Goody. Uh, Goody is 6'5", 175 pounds, a very solid offer list. Michigan State, Maryland, Iowa, Stanford, Louisville. Goody uh, is a guy that they have they liked, and uh, he's uh, right at the end of the top 100 list. Uh, I think Brad Underwood's done a good job of identifying talent, and especially with what they've lost this year. They've lost a ton of players, and you're talking about Ayo DeSumo, you're talking about Kofi Coburn, you're talking about transfers, Hanson. Uh, you're talking about a lot of players that uh, that I think that Brad Underwood thought that would be back next year that just aren't. So uh, it, it's been a tough offseason for the Fighting Illini, and hopefully the addition of Goody helps, or Goody, I'm sorry, uh, helps going forward. And uh, it, it's, it's just been a rough one for them, and especially when this was a year where they were going to return to the NCAA tournament, and now they're not, uh, clearly, they're not going to get that opportunity. All right, Nebraska walk on guard Charlie Easley. He's going to transfer out to South Dakota State. Uh, not a, a big time contributor for Fred Hoiberg and the Coin Huskers, but still a loss nonetheless. Uh, former guard, Iowa guard, 
Cordell Pemsel. Uh, he will be playing his basketball at Virginia Tech going forward. And then Riley Till, he also, the former Iowa player, will move to Cal Poly to finish his career. One final note, uh, Maryland is going to host the Maryland Showcase next year. Over the course of two weeks, they will play San Jose State, Duquesne, and California Baptist. Uh, that's going to start in mid-November as long as the season gets started. So, yeah, it's not the you know the Maui Invitational or the Great Alaskan Shootout or whatever it may be. Uh, it's still a uh, uh, it's still a preseason uh, tournament or uh, uh, pre, I guess pre-conference tournament because there's no real preseason in the NCAA. But uh, it's still pretty neat that uh, Maryland is going to host that. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site as well at Big Ten MM. Raiders, reviewers, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a happy Monday, Big Ten fans. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.